Listen to us, us bitch. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Ah, it's the 16th of July, 2009. <laughs> Time for your Gitmo Nation audio publication, episode 113. This is No Agenda. Ah, coming to you from the undisclosed loft location in Gitmo Nation West in San Francisco, California. In your crackpot command center, I'm Adam Curry. And don't kid yourself, it is disclosed. Although it's not disclosed where in northern Silicon Valley I am. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Yay! And we've just decided that uh, the new time for these shows on Thursday should be between 9 and 9.30 PST. Because we think you should be listening to the show at work. And yeah. no, do not contribute to the economy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's kind of like a general strike. Yeah, exactly. it's very French of us, John. Yeah, and we do have a Paris listener, I understand. Yes, we do. I've been uh, watching uh, CNBC all morning as the uh, former secretary, Hank Paulson, is being grilled by uh, the, the House committee. Um, he looks like a dour old man. <laughs> and have you seen his, his, the pinky of his left hand? No, is it's it like, chopped off? It's like the mob broke it. Like, hey, Paulson. We're going to show you. You better talk straight in that committee, boy. Knack. I'm sure it's rheumatism or something like that. But or arthritis. Yeah, that's what I mean. Arthritis. But it looks really messed up. It's kind of scary. Hmm. That's odd. It's, well, it's, Rumsfeld has it as well. Whereas, Maybe whereas, it's part of some sort of a clique. club. It's a club, yeah. It's like you've got to break a pinky <laughs> to, be, to be in the well, administration. It's like, you know, the, the, the mob, uh, yeah. or the, the, the Yakuza, <laughs> you, you have to chop off a finger and you have to get tattooed. <laughs> Who knows? So, they may be tattooed. <laughs> can you imagine? That's a sick thought. So, Complete full body tattoos. Yeah. Uh, is it just me, John, or does it seem like the walls are closing in? It's just you. Your walls are closing in. Get out now! <laughs> I mean, I'm, if if I could, if I could receive one more, you know, link in the or piece of the puzzle of the swine flu uh, forced no, vaccination fiasco, I'm I'm just gonna scream. It's just getting worse by the minute. You're getting the same thing in email? Like all over the world, people are seeing the same thing where the, their governments are gearing up for forced vaccinations. Uh, the, the mainstream media is overhyping. In fact, I just read this morning. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I should, I should sound the alarm. <clears throat> Here it is. <laughs> Sherry Blair, the former prime minister's wife. Suffering from swine flu. Oh, really? She has been forced to cancel her engagements after catching swine flu. News that the former prime minister's wife had become Britain's most high-profile victim. Wait, wait. Hold on a second. Let me, let, let, let's analyze the story before you read the whole thing. Okay, it's from the I Times. just want to ask one question in, as a preface to when you reading the story. Ready? Mm-hmm. Blair is pretty well connected. Hell yeah. And so his wife gets the swine flu, and she doesn't immediately go on a regimen of Tamiflu or Relenza, which well, would stop well, it in its track because well, it seems to. Let me read the story. It's what. Mm. Um, let me read the whole the, the the whole 
this whole first part of the story because it's worth it. News that the former prime minister's wife had become Britain's most high-profile victim of the virus came as figures emerged, here it is, this is the time, that the number of swine flu cases jumped by nearly 50% in a week time. Oh. Mrs. <laughs> Do that again. Oh. Great ringtone. Mrs. Blair started feeling unwell at the start of the week and received a diagnosis of swine flu and on Tuesday, reported by The Sun, I might add, Murdoch's mainstream media publication, she was given a course of the antiviral Tamiflu and told to cancel all engagements until she recovers. Mrs. Blair had been due today to pick up an honorary degree from Liverpool's Hope University. That's the funniest, ah, that's the funniest part of the story. That's why she didn't want to exactly. go. Exactly. And a staff barbecue has also been canceled oh, as a precaution. Brother. Uh, the newspaper said that her husband, Tony Blair, and the couple's four children have not been infected. And then, of course, it goes on to uh, talk about, yeah, we're we're getting uh, 100,000 cases a week and blah, 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 blah. But what's funny, I received um, an email. Uh, Let me see if I can find it because I have so many emails that uh, doctors in the UK are diagnosing people over the phone that they have swine flu. What's up with that? Well, you know, it's the flu. It's like a flu. So the symptoms are pretty straightforward. You don't need to bring them in. This is like, Why don't they just have a message? Click. If you have a, a, ten, a fever, press 1. If you have the chills, press 2. If you ha- and then you know if you have the fever and you feel tired, press three. You know, I mean that kind of thing. Dave, yeah. Re- Dave they don't Re- even need to answer the phone. Screw it. Dave Redfern said, uh, "A neighbor of mine who lives across the road in Gitmo Nation East in Birmingham, UK, has been diagnosed with swine flu, which got me thinking about how to come how they come to the con- con- uh, conclusion it's swine flu over normal flu." After speaking with her, I found out she called the doctors over the phone. She was asked a series of questions, and from that they diagnosed. Swine flu and prescribed Tamiflu. Turn down your speakers! Is that is that you or is that a, a recording? <laughs> that is a recording from uh, one of our producers, and uh, I do mean it though. I'm I'm getting some slap. Well, you well you should tell me at the beginning. I don't understand why you wait halfway through the show to mention that my speakers. I didn't are hear it until just now. Well, how does that work? Well, I don't know. Maybe you. Maybe you start up. screaming when you're reading your letters. It's possible. I like that, though. Yeah, I'm still hearing myself. Oh, you shouldn't now, because this thing's almost to zero. I can barely hear you. Oh, all right. Let me move the mic's uh, axis. Hang okay. on. <laughs> the mic axis. The, the access of micage. <laughs> well, it sometimes makes a difference. Anyway, go on. Well, um, just to get off swine flu for a moment, because I'm sure we'll get back to it later. Remember, um, we were trying to figure out why the, the urgent need to switch off all analog television signals and get everybody jacked into... Uh, wait, wait, hold, are you going to change the subject this abruptly? That's what I said. We'll get back to it eventually. There's so much swine flu, we might as well just call it swine flu agenda. I yeah, wanna, I, let's, I, let's make a pact. No more swine flu no, stories. No, we can't. We can't. We can't make that pact because there's just too much good stuff coming in. But I'd like to pepper it throughout the show. All right, we'll bring the Argentinian uh, letter in later, which well, we, is the no, one you all want to wait for. You have one? You have a new one? I got the same one you got. Oh, okay. 
Can I? So the, the reason that we switched from digital television to analog was because they wanted to take the bandwidth and use it and resell it and make some money for the government because the billion dollars that they'll make will really come in handy to that trillion dollar deficit we have. That, of course, would be the simpleton explanation, John which is what you always subscribe to. However... I subscribe to the realistic explanation. There's no other reason. Ex-IBM employee, 31-year-old ex-IBM employee, according to this ex-employee, the highly publicized mandatory switch from analog to digital television is mainly being done to free up analog frequencies to make room for scanners used to read RFID. Are you not shocked, John? I'm uh, skeptical. They can read RFID now just fine. With the, They were yeah. reading RFID before they took the signals off the air. Yes. What, what's going to change? Because this will be the more powerful version of RFID, which, of course, coincides beautifully with the real ID driver's licenses that are now being put out with all of the, well, RFID and everything, so that they'll literally be able to sit in the control room and say, ah, where's uh, Gitmo Nation inhabitant uh, John C. Dvorak 337945? Ah, yes, we see him sitting there across the river, the bay, whatever that water is. <laughs> it's a water. It's a lake. So lake. Uh, Patrick, Patrick, Patrick Redmond held a variety of jobs at IBM before retiring, including working in the company's Toronto lab from 92 to 2007, then in sales support. And he's um, given talks, written a book, a uh, DVD, about the aggressive growing use of passive, semi-passive, and active RFID chips implanted in clothing. Of course, they're in Gillette Fusion Blades and countless other products that become one's personal belongings. I buy into this. I'm looking at the frequencies uh, that are employed by RFID right now from uh, a website. Uh, frequencies for it's called it's uh, RFID-handbook.de, which is a uh, and it's the radio frequencies identification frequencies for RFID systems. So what's the what's the UHF VHF uh, band range? Because that's what that's what got switched off. Well. Uh, I'm going to, UHF is typically uh, above, uh, well, I can't think of the number offhand. But eight, eight, 800, uh, 800 megahertz? So, yeah, I think it is. It's something like 800 megahertz. And RFID has a uh, an interesting one here, that 865 to 868. Okay, thank you. That would be right but in the But what's band. interesting about it is, is, in fact, there's another one from 865.6 to 868. What's interesting about it, <clears throat> this is actually kind of interesting. Here. Yes, thank you. No, no, you you're not you're not hearing what's interesting yet. <laughs> it seems to be a uh, hundred milliwatts, which is a lot of power. Five hundred milliwatts, which is a lot of power. Is wow, the same. That's, is that half a watt? Five hundred milliwatts? It's a half a watt, and it's in Europe only. And then there's <laughs> then there's a and then there's another Europe only uh, band that runs with listen before talk RFID. RFID only so, huh? UHF, which is two watts. Gosh, and two watts. So wait a minute, the chip is two watts. Well, I'm guessing is if it's RFID. In other words, it should be. It has to first, and you know, the RFID is a uh, technology, generally speaking, that accepts a uh, 
a, uh, a, a signal and then bounces it back. That's, it, that's it, the, it, the, the, the signal fires it. Yeah, the signal right, is actually right. used as the uh, energy to make yeah. the chip work. Right. Um, so they can produce a chip that that can receive enough energy that, to produce two watts of output. That's pretty. Out, that's outstanding. Well, what's interesting is there's actually a uh, a five point seven. They're also using the five point seven is five point eight gigahertz. Isn't that isn't that UHF or is that VHF? No, that's way. That's up there, up in the. Uh, that's you like know, cell phones. It's up. It's up in the high wife. Is the what's the five gigahertz Wi-Fi thing where you're you know that that. Uh, right. Uh, Ymax. Ymax is three point six gigahertz, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, this one, this one is a USA and Canada, and this one will deliver four watts. You can talk around the world on four watts if you if you have the right antenna. Okay, this is actually SFA. This is not RFID. This is something else. The uh, there no the highest wattage it looks like for RFID itself UHF RFID is the European one. The United States one. Our actual RFID, which is a, is a 0.5 watts, is in the 800 megahertz band, right, right in the sweet spot of all the TV signals we turned off. 800 hospitals are now chipping their patients. Yeah, well, there's a uh, hospitals in at, Puerto Rico putting chips into arms of Alzheimer's. Oh, patients. here's an interesting one. Hold on, at 902 to 928 megahertz, there's a UHF. Oh, this is an SRD. This is different. But it's, it's fascinating because it's four watts again, spread spectrum. I'm sure that some of our producers out there have uh, plenty of information on uh, the the different types of R. Well, you've seen the videos of guys driving through uh, the streets, and of, I think it was um, I'm gonna say Chicago, maybe, with an RFID reader and just picking up passports and credit cards and all kinds of stuff. This shit works, man. It's a good technology. The, now, uh, and they have the RFID dust that you can literally sprinkle on someone. Well, that's bullshit. Okay. The uh, automatic vehicle identification is another one of these uses. And this one here is there's a four watt system that's available at the two point four to two point five gigahertz. I think this is this range. is about the time where I say we all should be folding our tinfoil hats. Well, you you wait. Hold on a second. Yours isn't on. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Are you wearing yours? I don't. I don't see. I don't believe half of this crap. <laughs> but you got to. This this thing is. There's something to this, John. There's really something to this. The article. Of well, course, you know, they be, may have to track pets. My pets are all chipped. <laughs> yeah, you don't have any pets. My ex pets. Um. So you'll find the article in the show notes at noagenda.com. Are your wait? Are your pets chipped? Yes. The. Uh, yeah, so in other words, you're, you've actually helped contribute to the cause because essentially what you've done, if nobody ever chipped their pets or used this technology, they, they'd stop making it. Yeah, but then I'd have to kill my pets, and I didn't feel like that. And it's not just that. It's in your passport. It's in your driver's license, or it will be. It's, uh, it's everywhere. You can't get away yeah, from you know, it. It's you can your protect yourself pass. against this thing. You can get one of the wallets that's available with the... Um, yeah, but it, isn't it interesting that all the stuff that has been talked about for for a decade that people have guffawed and scoffed at is now actually happening? It's real. It, you know that we're being conditioned to accept chipping. You know, oh, you you can track your kids. You'll never lose them. You know, all this stuff is it's coming true, dude. Dude, dude, <laughs> it's so coming true, dude. So, uh, okay, it's a good story. We'll give you five points for that. 
Thank you. Okay, it's time to, okay, we'll wrap it up. And, uh, <laughs> and that's it, everybody. We're all going to die. A uh, story from uh, the San Francisco Examiner, which, of course, we hold in high regard. If you thought the end of American intervention in foreign wars was nearing, think again. President Obama has been replacing soldiers in Iraq and Afghanistan with private contractors. Word but Bush is, is, was doing this since the get-go. Yeah, but now apparently there are 250,000 private contractors spread out between Iraq and Afghanistan. That's where the money is, by the way. Yes. And, of course, it's Blackwater, now known as... What's our new name? Blackwater's new name? Prince. No, it was Zing or... Something, Zing. Something ominous like Bing. that. Bing. Something very ominous. Um... But yeah, so this is this is how they get away with saying, "Oh, we're withdrawing the troops," and of course, we're withdrawing the actual troops, but we're replacing them with uh, missionaries, mercenaries, I should say. <laughs> missionaries <laughs> is funnier. Missionaries with guns. Here's a here's a news report about this. Oh, it's been revealed that the number of private security contractors working for the U.S. war effort in Iraq and Afghanistan has greatly increased. While troops are being pulled out, a Pentagon report says that the number of contractors working for the U.S. Defense Department has increased by up to 30% since President Obama came to office. So this figure has now swelled to some 250,000 working for companies such as Blackwater and Triple Canopy. Well, for more on the story, let's now cross live to the U.S. where... All right. Triple so you, can, Canopy? Who's Triple Canopy? <laughs> Let's look that one up. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, Triple Canopy. Isn't that um, an outfit from Denver? I don't know. Yeah, I think it is. I've never heard of them. Uh, hello to you, Marina. So what does this rise in so-called private armies mean for Obama's promise to withdraw from Iraq and for the surge in Afghanistan? Well, the rise in these so-called uh, mercenary armies in Iraq and Afghanistan is being dubbed as a privatization of war. Yeah, all right. It is privatization of war. Yeah, well, it says it was a Bush specialty, and Obama just picked it up. Obama is actually better than Bush at this stuff. Oh, of course, because he, everyone loves him, and he's doing great interviews, and go, he's never in the White House. He's just never there. I think he's afraid of getting, you know, I, I think he may be fearful. Or maybe he doesn't like the food there. I have no idea. Yeah, no, he's never in the White House. Yeah, he's, he's always out and about and talking to people. He sent me an email. Did he now? Yeah, I got an email from Barack. Uh, what did he say? President Barack Obama. Give him money. I bet you he's still, he's still looking for money. This guy never gives up. And his email, by the way, so it's President Barack Obama sent from info at messages.whitehouse.gov. I feel so personal. Good morning. Good morning. Yesterday, Judge Sonia Sotomayor made her opening statement to the Senate Judiciary Committee and moved another step close to taking a seat in the United States Supreme Court. So it's basically him begging uh, to call your representatives and get her uh, signed up. Why? What's the point? That's all the Democrats run the place. They can just push her in anytime they want. This is nonsense. Here's what it is. What? This is fake participatory democracy. It's a done deal. He's a Democrat. The Congress is all Democrats. So they don't even have to 
to have these hearings. They could just say, screw it, you can you know, put her in. They just do them because it's just a courtesy just in case they get kicked out. So they're doing these things, but then when the vote comes down, it's just the Democrats are voting her in and the Republicans, half of them are probably going to vote no. Who cares? So the point is that what he's asking you to do is nonsense. It means nothing. It's going to absolutely account for zero, zilch. But it's going to make you, I suppose, or, I feel or good. some sucker. Yeah, I feel good now. I feel, feel good. Feel like you had some say in it. You yes. had no say in it. The no matter what you do. The president you, sent me an email, and I feel good about it, damn it. No matter what you do, it's going to have no effect whatsoever if it was done in mass. So that's the way I see it. The uh, Now that I've learned, thanks to you, John, how the, uh, how the system works, that uh, b- uh, bills don't actually come to the floor unless they go through committee. Thank you for explaining that. Uh, yesterday, the uh, Committee on Health Care, what's the name of that committee? The Committee on Health Care. <laughs> if only it were that simple. If only they called <laughs> shit that, that it was like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. It's the Committee on Health Care. Um, I'm looking for the story here. I'm a little discombobulated. Um, Health and Human Services, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think it's HHS. Uh, they uh, passed which I guess means it now comes to the floor for a vote. Um, here it is. The, uh, um, the health care bill. And what's interesting about this is that millionaires, i.e. everyone making over a million dollars, will pay a 5, 5.4% surtax or a tax to contribute to the government health care system. Uh, it's a sliding scale. I think if you earn over $500,000 a year, you'll pay 3% extra. So if you add it all up, um, millionaires, and by the way, being a millionaire is not such a big deal anymore. Uh, if you're, if you're, no, a, today's millionaire was a few years, like a decade, a few decades ago was $100,000 yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. It's 10 um, to 1. Is, uh, <laughs> you know, they're typically entrepreneurs, uh, i.e., the middle class people who, uh, who make the economy actually run. And they're now being hit with. Uh, and by the way, uh, Mevio um, has health care coverage for every single employee, including dental. Do you take advantage of our health care plan, John? Yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, I could be paying myself $200,000 more a year if I didn't do that. I don't. You know, we, we put that money right into our employees. Um, I didn't get no bailout. And, uh, but now I have to pay again. Not that I make a million dollars a year, but uh, I'll be paying something extra. And, uh, of course, it's going to be highly unpopular to say this is bullshit because whenever you say, oh, I'm a, you're a fucking millionaire, man. You should spread the wealth around, dude. <laughs> you got to do that. Somebody make a clip of that, of that little ditty. <laughs> you like that, huh? Well, it's just, it's just something funny about hey, it. You're a millionaire, dude. You should, be, you should be, like, contributing to society, dude. This is what this is what you hear. So you know the, you can't even fight it without getting pelted with eggs. But of you course, get it's, pelted with eggs. Of course, it, it's uh, it's un-American. This is not the way the system's supposed to work. No, no. The, the American system is that we soak the rich. But but the, the joke is that, we, that people have to take it, uh, always note that. These are not the rich, the millionaires. No. You know, you start go up to the people here. Here's what you should do. 
Find all these venture capitalists that are worth like a half a billion dollars and, and above and take away half their money. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. <laughs> they got plenty of money. That's a good idea. You don't idea. need more than five million in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so the, hey, babe. Hello. Hello. Uh, my producer just returned from Los Angeles. Hold on one second. And there he goes. There goes the show. Hi, John. <laughs> Hello. 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 Just don't crank up the cappuccino machine and I'll be a happy camper. He would like you to make me a cappuccino, baby. Yeah. So, do you want one, John? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take mine. Let's see. Tepid. Because <laughs> that's the way it'll be by the time I got over there. Let's see. Speaking of uh, speaking of ringtones, there's a chat room for the show, by the way, for people who want to visit it, which is uh, noagendachat.com. Ah, uh-huh. is there anything good going on there? I don't know. I'm going to go to it in a minute. Speaking of uh, ringtones, as you know, I'll send you that little ditty, and you'll have it as a ringtone. This is this. I really love this. This is such a great story. It just shows you how out of control things are. ASCAP, better known as the American Society of Composers, Authors, and Publishers, has filed a lawsuit against AT and T. Uh, in which it told the federal court that ringtones fall under public performance copyright. (laughs) Yeah, we (laughs) talked about this on the No Agenda last week. No, we didn't. We didn't talk about this. Not you, your No Agenda, the one that before, the week before. It's not a new story. We didn't talk about this. It's been talked about, believe me. But not on No Agenda. No, I'm, what am I saying? I'm I'm saying cranky geeks. Oh, okay. I'm getting my shows mixed up. I'm an idiot. Yes, you are. Turn down your Mickey. (laughs) That's what somebody said in the chat room. Turn down your Mickey. Watch out, baby. I'll slip you a Mickey. Here's another chat. Did you? I, I shouldn't go into the chat room because I end up reading the chat instead of talking, doing the show. Yeah. At least some people are at least coming on to the chat room. We have to mention the chat room and some of these other services that we have. Yeah, we have uh, noagendaforums.com, uh, which is actually there's there's some pretty good stuff there. Um, there's some pretty good conversation. We have uh, the drop, which is uh, drop.io slash daily source code, where you can get tons of amazing stories. So many stories there that I source for the show, and it really can't even can't even get to all of them. And a lot of them are really wacky, but fun. Um, in fact, I'm reading it right now. Federal tax receipts plunged 31 percent. Whoops. Well, that doesn't surprise anybody. Right, but... You got nobody making any money. Right, but this is the problem. This is why I say it feels like the walls are kind of closing in. You know, everything's just kind of happening at the same time. Oh, I know what I wanted to play for you. So yesterday, I think it was yesterday uh, or the day... No, yesterday, and it was not on C-SPAN. They were... So the same House committee uh, regarding the... I guess it's uh, the financial committee, and they're talking about the bailouts and yada, 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 whatever. Thank you, darling. They uh, were grilling Shapiro um, about Madoff. That's what it was. And, of course, Shapiro, she is now with the – is she now uh, FDIC or is she now SEC? Shapiro is – which one is she? The – which one is she – <laughs> she 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 just got appointed, isn't she? Now FDIC, but she was SEC, or she was like uh, she was supposed to oversee the dealers and traders. 
I don't know. Well, she's SEC now. What's your name? First name? Helen. <laughs> Helen. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. Shapiro, you know what I'm talking about? The, yeah, the, I do, but I can't. I, I don't know what you know. I don't. I haven't been following her career. If that's what you're wondering. Well, no, I, I recall this because you were actually really pissed off at her because she was the one that was supposed to be overseeing was, the traders and I was pissed off at her. She's like one of about 13 women in this administration that I don't seem to like. All right, so she's running the SEC, and and if this whole thing was Is like she an, the one that came over from the uh, that other agency that's supposed to do something she did nothing. Yes, that's the. She's the new, she, okay. She's the new SEC woman. And so they're asking her all these really boring questions. And, of course, you know, half of the committee is like, oh. Mary Shapiro. Mary Shapiro. You're doing such great work and blah, blah, blah. So one, one um, uh, representative, and I don't know. Right. She came over from the FIRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory that's Authority. It. Right. She should have done something about something. She did nothing. And then they give her the job of the SEC. It was hilarious. Okay. So now listen to what comes. This is the only thing that was, and I, I watched the whole thing. It wasn't even on C-SPAN. I had to record it off the web. This is the stuff, by the way, that we do for you, for you listeners now not working and listening to this show. Uh, listen to the conflicts of interest that are brought up and listen to her response as to what should be done about it. Staff, and that's my point. Um, next question. I, I'm concerned about what I perceive to be a potential revolving door problem at the SEC. Um, whether he was in, involved or not in decision making, the, the attorney that was overseeing the Madoff case ends up marrying the niece of Mr. Madoff. Did you know that? Yeah, no, that was that was one of the big news uh, uh, check boxes. Yeah, G- gets I better. Knew that. Gets better. Who was also employed at the business? Another firm was being scrutinized. Uh, the particular lawyer, I believe, at the SEC, um, then leaves the SEC and goes to work for that particular company. <laughs> Well, that's pretty common. <laughs> I do not believe that any SEC employee who has had a responsibility over an enforcement action should be allowed to go and work for that company in the next two years. What is your opinion of So now mind you that she has a really detailed response for every single question. You know, praises all these people who work at the SEC and uh, we don't uh, have enough people. We need more right. staff. Well, who, who's asking this question, by the way? <clears throat> I don't know. Okay. I don't know her name. So here's the response. It's a very fair question, and the revolving door, it's a problem for many agencies. Oh, she talks like this. <laughs> you just want to bitch She's slap her, don't you? Talks like it's, this really, it's really a problem. Just ease your fears. Yes. <laughs> There's nothing to see here. Just move along. Problem for the SEC. Um, so <gasps> She's look- breathless. <laughs> Listen. Looking at a couple of different models, um, the bank agencies have some limitations on your ability to leave a bank, uh, the bank banking agencies, and go into a regulated institution for some period of time. Um, and so we're looking at those. Here's my dilemma. Here, here, here's my dilemma. I need to get the best and the brightest to come to the SEC and do what we do. Well, you got them, baby. That's for sure. And I fear that if I put too many limitations on on their exits um, down the road, they might not be willing to come in the first instance. So I'm acutely aware. So, in other words, if we can't use the SEC as an agency to go make yourself fucking rich by scamming the whole thing, no one will come. Yeah, duh. There. 
of the revolving door problem, and I'd like to find a solution to it. Um, and I haven't figured out the correct balance yet. <laughs> the correct balance. But we, I'm to She's perfect. Unless anyway, she finishes up, it's great. Uh, rating agencies. I was astonished to find out that when they testify before our committee, they take the information that the issuer. All right. Okay. So you know, John, I'm seeing. Uh, I got a flashing light here. I'm just going to change my ba- my mic battery real quick. So talk amongst yourself for a moment. Well, as uh, as Adam changes his mic battery. I have to change uh, two on the Sony. Uh, Mary Shapiro graduated from Franklin and Marshall College in 1977. In 1980, she earned a doctor's degree from uh, for from law, JD, from uh, George Washington University Law School. Right, I'm bored. Uh, she, she, and she, this is interesting though. Franklin and Marshall College, abbreviated as F and M, is a four-year private coeducational residential liberal arts college in the Northwest Corridor neighborhood of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It's the twenty-fifth oldest institution for higher education, as well as the seventeenth oldest college in the United States. Right. Hmm. Batteries have been switched. Ranked fortieth in the country by U.S. News and World <coughs> Reports of 215 liberal arts colleges. So this is what happens to your liberal... You know, people say, why do you get a degree in liberal arts? I don't need a degree. What are you going to do with a degree in liberal arts? What yeah. good's it going to do you? You, you hey. go into government and you make yourself fabulously wealthy. Yeah, no, it's a smart way to go. She was no dummy. Um, a little interesting ditty I picked up from Christopher Booker, who writes for The Telegraph, who's been writing some fantastic global warming stories. We talked about one uh, on Sunday. And uh, the headline here, crops under stress as temperatures fall. For the, sec- <laughs> for the second time in little over a year, it looks like as the world may be headed for a serious food crisis thanks to our old friend climate change. In many parts of the world recently, the weather has not been too brilliant for farmers. After a fearsomely cold winter, June brought heavy snowfall across large parts of western Canada and the northern states of the American Midwest. In Manitoba last week, it was four, minus 4 degrees centigrade. North Dakota had its first June snow for 60 years. So, you know, read that article, which you'll find in our show notes. It's quite lengthy. But uh, there you go. Once again, global warming. It's getting well, really you hot. know, uh, global warming uh, could result in, in colder weather in some areas. Al Gore was um, interviewed in Australia. And um, actually, the interviewer was quite good. Uh, she brought up the fact that Gore uh, was brought before the British High Court or not necessarily Gore, but the uh, An Inconvenient Truth, his uh, movie. And the High Court found at least nine significant errors and exaggerations. And, just nine? <laughs> well, <laughs> just nine. And uh, I, uh, I don't want to play the whole video for you, but it's funny when he's sitting there. You'll find it in the show notes. And he's being interviewed. And, and this uh, interviewer, you know, she kind of she's, she goats him along, you know, making him feel really good. And he's doing his jokes. Well, I actually thought I won the. I thought actually I was. I was president. <laughs> and um, and then she brings this up, and he says, "Oh well, you know, the ruling was in my favor." <laughs> the guy just changed changes the truth right before your very eyes. Hmm. You're underwhelmed. You getting anything? No, I, I, I didn't want to play any. I didn't want to oh. play the whole thing. He's annoying to listen to. Yeah, I agree. Uh... So it looks as though, according to at least some, I don't know, the sources at Slashdot, 
that uh, the UK was likely the source of a series of attacks last week that took down popular websites in the US and South Korea, the ones that all got blamed on the uh, North Koreans. Because them North Koreans, you know, there's wily. Yeah. So they brought down like almost all of the uh, all of the uh, government websites in Washington D.C. and then uh, did it bring down Recovery.gov and the I'm sure they probably didn't bother with that one. Who needs it? And then the Washington Post, but it was an analysis that performed by a Vietnamese computer security researcher that uh, contradicts some of the uh, assertions made by the U.S. and South Korea that blamed it on North Korea. And now that I think about it. You know, North Korea is getting blamed for a lot of hacks. Do they even have a pipe going into that country? Yeah, there's a there's a .kr domain, so I'm sure it goes somewhere. Well, is .kr not Korea? Yeah, I thought it was. Well, that well, this is North Korea. They'd have their own domain. Ooh, I don't know. It'd be uh, Den K or something. I don't know what the domain would be. I'll look it up. Maybe someone in the chat room knows. But, it. You know, but John, isn't it so obvious that you know the, all the bullshit in the media about Iran, all the bullshit about uh, uh, North Korea, all this axis of evil. Isn't it just obvious that this is just a setup to justify? You know, Hillary Clinton even yesterday was at the Council of Foreign Relations saying, you know, it's time to. I'm paraphrasing. You know, it's KP. time. It's time to basically kick ass. You know, it's time for a new direction to show uh, uh, countries like Iran that we mean business. It's it's saber rattling. You know, it's it's getting ready to invade some more countries or do some more evil shit. So it looks like uh, North Korea's KP, mm-hmm. and these guys are so behind the times. It, it seems as if that the I, – I'm not sure. I have to do a little more work. But it seems as if they only got that domain in 2007. Huh. Probably comes in on a phone line. Yeah. It's, 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 you, don't, you wouldn't think that they'd be real sophisticated hacking going on there. <laughs> it just makes no sense. <laughs> Uh, anyway, in, in the in the broads, you know, and we've had 128 people died uh, in riots in uh, in China. No coverage. You know, one one person dies in Iran, and oh, everyone change your icons to green, you fools! You should take the the swine flu shot first. Change. You gotta change your. I'm gonna protest Iran. They're so evil. I gotta change my icon to green. John, yeah, the, have you the changed your icon to green? I changed it to blue for Billy Mays. <laughs> Next, I gave up on all that stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time once again to look at our old friends. Monsanto. So that's your new jingle. Yeah, I Play it again. It. Play it again. And here we go. Monsanto. Monsanto is resurrecting its efforts to genetically engineer wheat. Five years after resistance from the food industry led it to drop its work on the world's most widely planted crop. The move eventually could help slow or reverse the decline in the size of the wheat harvest on the Great Plains, where many farmers have abandoned their traditional crop to grow plants such as corn and soybeans. It will be genetically engineered to grow easier. (laughs) Wheat, isn't that pretty much in everything? Uh, wheat's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, wheat's pretty common. I mean, it's but that's bread. I mean, wheat is like the sta- is a staple. Wheat and rice are the two, and corn. Wheat, rice, and corn. Although, uh, according to Michael Pollan, the omnivore's dilemma guy, he uh, thinks that Americans, in particular, are such corn eaters. 
in terms of how much corn we consume that they you can actually do a study because corn has certain um a certain kind of molecular makeup that once when you when you eat it you you know part of that goes into your system and you can put somebody into a into a MRI or some device or you can or you can inject them with something you can figure out how much percentage of corn you are after eating all this corn all your life and we're, it turns we're corny. out that, and we're totally corny it's like it was like everybody's loaded we're all we're actually walking corn corn proteins and everything is coming from corn so we're just a bunch of corn balls hey john such a cornhole buenos aires Monsanto has unveiled a transgenic soybean seed it says will sharply boost yields in South America, but Argentina will miss out if the company can't find a way to get farmers to pay for the technology. Argentina, of course, is where Monsanto. I like the way they, I like the way they like, like uh, uh, kind of. Uh, what, what is that call when you when you when you. Uh, when you, you it's not like blackmail, but it's when you get people to give you money. By, it's not intimidation. It's uh, coercion. No. Somebody uh, in the chat room should know the word I'm looking for. That's okay. Keep talking. I'll come up with it in a second. I'm a little uh, slow today. That's okay. Two uh, beats you, slow. You went. You went to bed too late. Uh, Argentina will miss out. You'll miss out if the company can't find a way to get farmers to pay for the technology. Argentina is where Monsanto first introduced genetically modified soybeans to the continent over a decade ago. But it will not get the new beans if current legislation allowing farmers to use the seeds held over from the prior crop isn't modified. Do you hear that? Oh, Do you hear that? That's unbelievable. So they're actually putting a law. We've talked about this a number of times, and here it is in black and white. A law. They want to introduce a law that farmers cannot use seeds nature held over from the prior crop. Monsanto got burned on their first attempt to collect for its seed technology in Argentina and has vowed to not make the same mistake twice. I guess this is maybe you're looking for the phrase, an offer you can't refuse? It's close. But I'll tell you, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. If farmers cannot use the seeds, and of course, they, you know, Monsanto and others design these seeds now so the, the plants can't, can't make a seed that works. <laughs> Nature, nature that works. They've broken Extortion, nature. Extortion—that's the word I'm Extortion. looking for. Thank you, chat room. Monsanto no, has submitted the technology. The technology. I love how there's a technology for approval in Brazil and Paraguay, the world's second and fifth largest soybean exporters. The company plans to start marketing the seeds where during uh, there during the first half of the next decade. Um, here it goes. In January, the European Union approved the import of the new soybeans. From uh, South America. There you go, Europe. Oh, there you go, Europe. How did Europe. that happen? I thought the European Union was a little sharper, a little had more on the ball than that. Guess not. Um, yeah, that's all about Argentina. This whole thing. They're, yeah, like, first they're... Argentina, then you know Brazil, then the you know one country after another. I mean, these guys. It's, it's fairly well documented that these cut sorts of. of uh, Monsanto initiatives, and they're not the only company doing this, by the way, uh, have pretty much bankrupted half of the Indian independent farmers in India. I mean, India is, is going to end up with a, I don't know, maybe this is one way to starve out the overpopulated countries. because you know, well, it, it seems like it's about the exports from these countries. That's what it looks like to me. It's like you've got you to go right to the source, and then those countries export this stuff to, uh, to the West. Well, maybe. And the Northwest, I should say. Well, I, I wouldn't want this stuff. I think this is a bad idea. 
Let's uh, go back to swine flu for a moment. Uh-oh. Back to, back to get well. We might as well stay in Argentina. Well, we talked about that on Sunday. We read the letter that uh, that Argentina uh, is freaking out now that you know all the mainstream media there is talking nothing more about all oh, the all oh, the people dying from swine flu. It's now showing up in uh, mainstream media in Europe as another you know another part of proof that we really need to get take the shot. You need the shot. Um, in the United Kingdom, a bishop has advised that holy water must be removed from churches in a bid to halt the spread of swine flu. <laughs> the water in stoops can easily... Hey, it's be- holy water. It's been blessed. How can it give anyone swine flu? <laughs> the water in... Is it a stoop? Is that what it's called? A stoop? S-T-O-U-P? Stoop? Is what the thing that holds the water? Yeah. I it's didn't know that, actually. It can easily known. become a source of infection and means a rapidly spreading of the virus. In a directive to priests in Essex, he added, it is not our intention at this stage to cause panic. <laughs> I think they should chlorinate the holy water. That would stop it. <laughs> Don't worry, it's pre-chlorinated. It comes right out of the tap that way. It's all set. Chlorinated and fluoridated for your protection. Um... There's tons more swine flu stuff if if we really want to talk about uh, it. Back to Monsanto, I'm going to read this, a sentence here. Germany published an article about the toxic nature of Monsanto. That's because somebody in the chat room mentioned that I keep talking about bees, but I never bring it back up. But since we talked about Monsanto, I should bring this, make this, read this quote. Please do. Uh, Germany published an article about the toxic nature, nature of Monsanto's triple hybrid GM corn and its effect on bees in 2005. Why wouldn't the media here mention that GM corn is the likely cause of the bees disappearing? Could it be that Monsanto is a massive multinational corporation with a market capitalization of $30 billion? Anyway, there is some issues with the uh, with the, some of these crops and the fact that these bees have disappeared. And then now we have this other anomaly, which all these bats are dying. We don't really need to have our bees and our bats dying. No, they're kind of very, handy I think to that have. should be top of the news. I think that the journalists in this country should be doing nothing other than covering that story. It's a, like a, it's like a, you know, the end of humanity story. But no, we're going to be covering, you know, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, so. yes, exactly. M- meanwhile, and they're still baffled over this fungus that is attacking bats and has hit most about pretty close to most of the states so far. And it's just something that gets on the bat's nose and it kills them. And the uh, uh, I know that we have bats around here once in a while. I, 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 bats are unbelievable. They absolutely do a wonderful job. Of, I mean, they eat like their weight in mosquitoes every day. It's just an amazing animal. Could, could it be that the bats are susceptible to dengue? I don't think it's dengue causing mold on their nose. No, but I mean, if they're eating mosquitoes, isn't that how you get uh, dengue? Not, not by eating mosquitoes. Well, well, but, okay. <laughs> how'd you get dengue? Ah, oh, it's just I had a snack of chocolate-covered mosquitoes yesterday. I guess one of them had dengue. All right. Well, the bees is more worrisome than uh, than the bats to me. I think they're both very worrisome. But I do like I do like the concept that they're eating or they're pollinating. Monsanto genetically engineered pollen, and it's killing them. I mean, it makes sense. It, they, how many tests have they done with rats and mice, and they, they feed genetically engineered corn and wheat to them, and these fuckers turn over and die within 48 hours? I mean, this is, this is no surprise. 
Think about well, the one that's really disconcerting. The really disconcerting one is the ones that have been genetically engineered to resist certain kinds of toxins, like the Roundup Ready. Yeah, you know, Roundup are. Ready. So you can spray Roundup, which is not the safest thing in the world. And of course, that that movie, uh, The World According to Monsanto, which everybody who listens to the show has to watch. And it's variously buried on the internet here and there because it's been suppressed. It should have been been played on every PBS station in the country, and it hasn't been played hardly anywhere. You can can catch it on on Google, though. I think Google Video. Google has has it under some other title, but you can figure it out if you type in Monsanto and kind of fool around. Uh, The only stations that will play something like this are those crackpot stations like Free, you know, Free Speech TV, and Link maybe, mm-hmm. which is less crackpot, but free speech TV is basically just a you know uh, kind of a quasi-Marxist station, and everything they play is alarmist, and so so this stuff goes into that into that mill of people who see everything in one way, and it just goes in one and then out the other, and the general public, who's the people who should be watching this, don't get to see it. Well, you see, know, John, the bottom line, and this is why I started the show like this, the walls are closing in, and it is it is futile for us to try and warn anybody. Or you know, Everyone's been so programmed and so um, uh, massaged into exactly what you're saying. Oh, it's a crackpot. Oh, it's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you know, oh, give me a break. You know, it's, 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 we're just at the end of times here. And the people who are enlightened, the 400,000 who listen to this show on a monthly basis... Um, you know, you'll you'll be able to steer clear of some of the obvious traps, and you will live longer. You know, not as long as you'd like to, probably, but longer. And you'll be happier, especially if you get your headphones on and you're in the office, <laughs> <laughs> listening to our show instead of contrib- contributing to the fake economy. Well, you know, the other thing is you're probably not, you're probably going to, you, you probably have some excuse not to go to a meeting. You know, we should reach, we should change the name of the show that shows up on the MP3 ID tag to, you know. To something educational or something like something educational ma- is like, you know. Uh, How to become a better manager. Yeah, <laughs> management, uh, yeah, ma- modern management techniques, <laughs> volume six. <laughs> Thirteen doctors now in the UK are mounting a legal and political campaign to overturn the suicide verdict in the death of British doctor David Kelly, yep. who, who was found dead in uh, the forest near his home in Oxfordshire. This was, of course, the guy who was uh, blowing the whistle on the fake weapons of mass destruction. And, um, and said they're going to shoot him in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually said, I'm going to be shot in the woods once, that, once they figure out what, what I've blown the whistle on. Um, so the daily. And, you know, when I think sometimes you get a, an assassination like that, where they, where they, you know, the assassins, the assassins. Again, the sense of humor of of the criminal mind. They say, "Oh, he thinks he's going to get shot in the woods because oh. of what he did." We have to, yeah, let's get him. <laughs> let's, let's take let, him to the woods and shoot him. Right, which is what's so sad because when they finally find us, John, and when we have two to the head, and the story will be that we shot each other. You know, everyone it'll twice pa- it'll pass by. It'll be like. Uh, John C. Dvorak and Adam Curry shot each other twice in the head. In other news, Michael Jackson's royalty payments, you know, it, and it'll go right by. No one will even notice it. No statue, no, no nothing. Well, luckily, the one thing that we're doing right, besides being oh, kind of... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Mickey, M- Mickey says that she'll stand up for us. Yeah, sure. She'll, she'll build us a statue. Uh-huh. A, f- a fountain. Oh, nice. Yeah, she, she may be the one with. She may be the assassin for all we know. <laughs> that's right. She is the undercover assassin. She's actually the one that's going to do us. 
<laughs> but she's doing you. So anyway, as I was saying, the 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 thing is that we haven't actually found any. We don't have like the the smoking gun that everyone's trying to hide. We're just re- relating publicly known information that nobody seems to read. Yeah, this is from the Daily Telegraph in the UK, and here's the. Well, that's not really smoking gun, but quote the bleeding from Dr. Kelly's uh, ulnar. Ulnar artery is highly likely to have been so voluminous and rapid that it was the cause of death. That's the the uh, highly <sighs> unlikely, I'm sorry, to have been the rapid cause of death. Uh, David Haplin, one of the 13 doctors, told UK Sky News, no fingerprints were found on the knife. A man sweating with the fear of death confronting him would have definitely left fingerprints on the handle of the knife. And it just goes on and on. You know, so they did a crappy job if they couldn't put wrap his hand around a knife. It was, was a, a knife it, thrown down as an afterthought. I'm not getting how if these guys were competent. Well, it was, of course, but it, you know, this was in the in the throes of 9/11. The whole world is still in shock. You know, it's like, and we we bought anything. Well, I just think they did a sloppy job. Have you ever read his like book? Have we ever read? Uh, did we ever? Didn't he write a book? What did he write? No, I don't think so. Did he? No, he was always a weapons inspector. They don't write books; they inspect weapons. Um, where did he you write that they were? Up. Where did he write that they were probably going to take him into the woods and kill him? Yeah, no, here it I is. I think he just said that he had been he had wife. been working on a tell-all book about the lack of weapons of mass destruction. Oh, right, the book that disappeared. Right. Yes. So that's what we need to find: is that book. If we can. Yeah, you know what they do. Nobody keeps that stuff. They're the smart money. If anybody kept that book and didn't shred it immediately and burn all copies, they'd be found dead in the woods. I'd like to ask you one question. You don't leave John. that stuff floating around. I'd like to ask you a Sorry? question. I'd like to ask you a question. You are breaking up a little bit, by the way. Um, you are too. Okay. Sorry. Could you please explain to me what is the difference between a crime and a hate crime? And why should there be a different bill for hate crimes versus regular crime? Isn't a crime just a crime? Well, a hate crime is motivated by hate, uh, specifically a uh, bigoted hate, uh, generally speaking, toward a minority. So a crime against, like if you beat some uh, person up to an inch of their, you know, inch of their life, you know, you beat the crap out of somebody, that a you know battery. but if it happens to be a gay person that you beat up and you are known to hate gays and just want to beat them up uh, uh that's a hate crime right but if you uh, but, but, you, know, but if you go out and shoot blacks in the woods you know and it's a hate crime because you you know you're uh, okay just i got it hate. no i got it that makes sense it's a categorization but why do we need a, i mean are you going to get punished less if you just shoot any random no person more. in the wood no no you yeah, no, shooting rant. Just going out and shooting people is is better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I just wanted to have that clarified. <laughs> so as long as you don't hate the person you're shooting, which apparently is, you know, there is a difference, uh, then you're going to get, that's better. You're going to get less punishment. Is, is that, That's what I'm understanding here? Pretty much, yeah. There's got to be. It doesn't make any sense to me. This I mean, is this was done for some. I, I you know, if you if you want to try to deconstruct the reason for the hate crime uh, law was, I think it's to. Uh, it wasn't so much for the you know killing somebody, because uh, you're going to get you know heavy. 
punishment. It's more for the minor things. It's like, you know, pushing someone off the curb. And instead of it being a misdemeanor, you know, you can make it a felony because it's a hate crime because you pushed them off for some some reason. Wow. So, um, so you can make it, uh, you can make, uh, you know, you can... In fact, one of you know our bite law fellow just mentions hate crimes are actually thought crimes. If you think about it, right? Are um, you are you uploading something, John? Or are you downloading something? Because no, you're, no, you're really. But, it's no, really you're sounding crappy. Do you want to reconnect? Not you really. Reconnect? Well, I hate reconnecting because then I have to you know, reinstate everything. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 as long as I'm not sounding like a chipmunk, <laughs> which everyone loved, by the way. Yeah, they did. Yeah. You, yeah, it sounds crappy. Shall we? Shall we? Shall I try a quick reconnect? Oh, hold on a second. Hold yeah, on a second. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm seeing something weird here on my end. Let's see. What, You're not something. Hold on. It could. It could be on my end. Let me just see what's going on. Uh, I seem to have high processor activity. Let's see what's crunching here. Probably that virus is acting up. It's uh no, it, uh, it's kind of weird. So what is this? Uh, hold on. Let me. Let me Quit this here. Let's see if that makes any difference. Get rid of that sucker. Uh, okay, talk. Testing one, two, three. Hmm. I don't know. I, I can live with it. So, uh, in real news. <sighs> yes? Polish mom suing an Egyptian hotel after claiming her daughter got pregnant using their mixed swimming pools. 13-year-old daughter came back on the holiday expecting a baby. Tourist authorities in Warsaw confirmed they'd received the complaint, which states that the girl conceived because of stray sperm in the pool. Is this for real? The mother is adamant that her daughter did not meet any boys while she was there and is determined to go ahead with the case, said one travel in the... All right, I'm going to reconnect with you because I can't, I can't take it anymore. I'll call you right back. Sounds good. All right. Oh, I hate this. Are you downloading porn, hon? <laughs> <laughs> Deep throat? That's not porn, baby. That's educational. <laughs> you have so much to learn. <laughs> you have so much to learn about porn. Hold on. Let me see if I can. Let me bring this man back into the fold. Yeah, kind of. How come I'm not hearing him now? Oh, here he goes. You there? No, I don't think so. Mm. Okay, let me jack in. Hold on. Testing one, two. John? Yeah, testing one, two. Okay, yeah, I guess it's a little better. I'm telling you, it's it's you're downloading porn again. I'm not downloading anything. The only thing I got that I have to tag on the whole machine is the chat room. Who wants me to? Who want me to sound like a chipmunk? It sucks, man. It's the connection. All of a sudden, they just got shit. I don't get well, it. Well, at least you're. Yeah. I don't get it. I, 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 it's baffling to me. 
All right. You, you sound good coming this way. Yeah. Well, get back to what you were saying. I was just saying that this uh, Polish mom suing an Egyptian hotel after claiming her daughter got pregnant using their mixed swimming pool from stray sperm in the pool. You think this will be a real uh, news story somewhere? It's on Nananova. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those guys are never wrong. None sues over... Here's, what the, here's a line of a story from this operation. None sues over naked Facebook photos. <laughs> no, Wait, Nova's, do you have a link? <laughs> Nova's nun is suing her ex-boyfriend in Italy after he uploaded pictures of her naked. Awesome. Do you have the pictures? I'm looking for the pictures. I'm, I'm not seeing the pictures. No, they, they don't have the pictures. But I'm sure somebody out there in the chat room can find these pictures. A 31-year-old woman who lives in Turin. So she was devastated when she saw pictures taken in the summer of 2006. Uh, apparently she had no clothes on. Well, why did she take her clothes off and let herself be photographed in the first place? I've always wondered about that. Does anybody out there but me wonder who are all these people? <laughs> That are on all these porn sites and every time, you know, and they're just doing the weirdest things. I mean, there's millions of them. Who's not doing that stuff is what I'd like to know. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at another Al Gore quote here. Uh, Al Gore says the congressional climate bill will help bring about global governance. Hmm. Yeah, no. Everybody, I got a bunch of people that sent me that clip. It's actually, I will cut it and we'll cut it out of one of the speeches. That's exactly what Al Gore said. He says that the climate bills, these climate bills are important because they will help us get to global governance. Yeah, as in New World Order. And why is anybody putting up with this? Uh, the video is offline. Why is this guy even in the news anymore? Let's move him out of the picture. Well, he's, he's a. You know, he's a nutball. No, he's in the news because the, the cap-and-trade bill is, is uh, because of his movie and his uh, Oscar that he won for it. And, uh, and the whole cap-and-trade... And cap Peace Prize, don't yes, forget. let's not forget the Peace Prize. And, of course, the whole actual trading system, the, uh, the NASDAQ of, uh, of bad air, is, uh, is partially owned by him. It's going to be his exchange. He's going to be the Madoff of CO2. And, of Back course, everyone's real. sucking up to him. It's unbelievable. Back to real news. A, a group of Freemasons spent a night in jail in Fiji after local villagers complained that they were practicing witchcraft. The 14 men, including eight Australians and a New Zealander, had been holding a nighttime meeting on Denaru Island. The New Zealand man told reporters he had spent a wretched time in jail and blamed the mix-up on the actions of dopey village people. <laughs> the, the village people are back? Police also seized wands, compasses, and a skull <laughs> from the Freemasons' lodge. <laughs> a skull. It was probably, uh, what is it, Chief Sitting Bull or whatever? I don't know it was what his it is. skull. Oh, man. Fiji's actually gone, become kind of a weird place. We've talked about eminent domain. Yes, I got that story from that eminent domain guy in Denver. Yeah, that's it's yeah, kind of interesting. 
Yeah, well, eminent domain has been abused. In fact, there's a local fellow down here, down by where I am now, down the street from my house, who had a uh, an apartment building on the corner of some couple of streets down where they were going to build a freeway. But they never, and so they about five years ago or ten years ago it was a ridiculous long, long time ago. They 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 confiscated his place and told him he just had to move down, move out because they're going to tear it down and build a freeway. So and they were moving the freeway around, but the, okay. So here's what happened. So he wrote a big. He took a spray can. And said they're stealing my property on the side of this place, and for about six months, they uh, <laughs> they, they they laughed at him for six months, and then they, they laughed stole, at him for six months, and then property. tore down his place and stole his <laughs> and property. Stole his property. And, we should explain and, eminent domain for the Europeans who don't understand how Gitmo Nation uh, West works. Yeah, eminent domain is the ability of the government to seize your property and give you what they consider is a fair value in exchange, uh, which may or may not be a fair value. Generally, it's not. Uh, Mark generally, to market, no doubt. It's an inconvenient situation, whatever the case is, uh, for various reasons. One, because they're going to put a highway through there and they need that property or, or they need a right-of-way through it or they, or they consider it blighted. And they just want to tear it down and, and you know do some put up housing that's going to be blighted. Uh, there's a number of reasons, that, but they've they've decided, a lot of these small uh, communities and states have have noticed that they can pretty much do anything they want with this law. So they're just confiscating stuff left and right. So meanwhile, this guy had his place confiscated and they tore it down. And then it sat there, I swear to God, for a good five or six years because they hadn't started the freeway project, just as a big, empty, blighted lot. It was blighted now. And then they never did put the freeway there. It's still down there as a lot. Crazy. So maybe they just wanted to get that guy. I, you know, that's what they, that is. A lot of people believe eminent domain is used for political leverage to get the guy. Ah, you know, there's some belief that that takes place up in Washington State in these little towns. There's a bunch of guys that you know that have some jerk off that doesn't like you, and so they, you know, start find, finding things wrong with your property and then condemning it. I mean, so, it's very easy to condemn property. So the. Um the thing in the in Colorado that the story is about from the Denver Post, it's about trails. Yeah, they hike, wanna, hiking trails. Yeah, they want to take some guy's property with eminent domain so they can put in a hiking trail. I mean, what is up hey, with that? Go they, in in Colorado because you know what? Colorado doesn't have enough hiking. <laughs> well, you know what this is. Of course, uh, we know that Colorado is going to be the new seat of the government once uh, everything shuts down. That's where they have all the secret underground underground bunkers. I'll bet you they're building a bunker or some shit like that, and that, you know they're covering it up with hiking trails. But it's got to be something bigger than you know than just trails. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Colorado is has got too many hiking trails already. Why would they want another one? Well, I think that that central government thing you're talking about is located at the airport outside of Denver. Oh yeah, but that's just one part of it. I mean, come on. Gonna... Well, this is in Boulder, I think. Right? Where, where's the story from Boulder? Yeah, I believe so. Boulder's the college town. Well, maybe that's just a, an underground prison so they can take the college students from, which, by the, by the way, most of the Colorado students probably should be incarcerated. So <laughs> it's not really a bad thing. <laughs> All right. We can talk about, oh, uh, a follow-up on uh, Lisa Jackson. Uh, we played uh, the clips of her. And remember when oh. she mentioned uh, Dunkin' Donuts? 
Yeah. And we question why that rolled off the tongue so uh, so easily. Roy Houston, one of our producers, says, Adam, this was not a casual reference during her rebuttal. The production of donuts creates enormous amounts of CO2 relative to the sales output due to the process of yeast making the dough rise. Cap and trade could seriously affect any company which utilizes yeast and its fermentation processes, i.e. beer, wine, and spirits producers, and farmers who turn the waste product called corn stalks into silage for additional feed. Producing silage requires piling the spent corn stalks into the great piles and covering them with a tarp. The natural sugars in the stalk then begin to ferment, releasing vast quantities of CO2 while breaking down the cellulose structure in the stalk so that the cows can then consume it for additional foodstuffs. Cap and trade will certainly put the creation of this virtually free source of livestock foodstocks off limits and create additional demand for that wonderful, yes, you guessed it, that wonderful grain from Monsanto. So, um, I guess that would also mean bread making, which is like a staple. Yeah. So, bread making, which uses employees yeast, yeast would be. Yeah. yeah, she probably did have. She probably was thinking of somehow. How can we screw people who make dough? <laughs> Whether it's money or just bread, as long as it's dough, let's screw them. I like it. It makes sense to me because people, generally speaking, you don't throw some word out out of the blue or a company name unless you've been, unless it's sitting there on the tip of your tongue for some other reason. I mean, she didn't throw something completely off base out there. Yeah, that probably is exactly what it is. Anyway. And I'm looking for uh, uh, a story here about the recent, it was a really good analysis one of our producers sent in. Uh, you know, we spent uh, almost a billion dollars of our tax money on preparing for the, uh, for the uh, imminent swine flu uh, vaccination program. Well, yeah. well, well, while you're working on that, I do have to mention the chat room gag. Somebody said, will there be a tax on yeast infections? <laughs> okay. Oh, 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 boy. I guess it's all guys in the room as usual. <laughs> it's a difference between cap and trade. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here it is. And I really like this analysis. This is from John, John Seck. And uh, the Wall Street Journal reported um, the U.S. to buy H1N1 vaccine components from four firms, the number one firm actually being uh, Novartis. And it says, Adam, as you recall from uh, John's prior explanation of the 1976 swine flu immunization problems, when a large percentage of immunization recipients contracted Guillain-Barr syndrome, yeah, you remember this? Is that how I pronounce it? Gillian Barr? No, it's, uh, you know, I, I've never gotten a good pronunciation for it, so it's fine. So the point is the cure is sometimes deadlier than the disease. Uh, so what scientists do know is that the body's immune system begins to attack the body itself. At any rate, if you read the above Wall Street Journal article, which will be listed in the show notes at noagenda.mevio.com and noagenda.squarespace.com, you will discern a likely reason for this happening then and now. And once again, it boils down to money. So here it is. If you research Guillain-Barr syndrome, you'll find that it is an autoimmune disease wherein the body's disease-fighting systems are overstimulated. So the H1N1 vaccine is composed of antigen and adjuvant components. The antigen is the antibody. The adjuvant is the hamburger helper which stimulates the body's immune system whether it needs it or not. Analogy, if you have 300 million people to treat or 
feed and only enough antigen for 200 million, what do you do? You add more adjuvant, the hamburger helper. So his point in his analysis is if many of the people who receive the added adjuvant don't need it and their immune system goes into high gear when it should be in low gear, what happens? Gillian-Barr syndrome. Are you following? Totally. Then that makes nothing but sense because when you have to rush out a vaccine, you won't have enough of, of the actual, the right, you know, the right components. Right. You're going to well, be short. You're going to have if a sh- any, if any of the right components. Well, let's assume that you do. Let's assume you got a, a, you know, 10 molecules of it and you need, you know, five to get, you know, to the point where it's going to work in your system as a, as a vaccine. But you can't. But you need ten people. You have ten people that need to be vaccinated. You got ten molecules. Each of them need five molecules. So you give each of them one molecule and throw in some booster that is some other weird chemical that screws your body up. And it takes the one molecule and, and tries to make it work. So this makes total sense as to why early news reports were saying that the swine flu is going to kill young, healthy kids. You know, typically between twelve and nineteen years of age, because these are the kids that don't actually need any of it. They're getting this adjuvant hamburger helper. Their body goes into high gear and starts to kill itself. It's a good theory. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a, somebody out there who was rolling their eyes, but so, I, well, I like well, it. But just listen to, the, to, this, to, to this passage from the article. Health and Human Services Secretary Kathleen Sebelius said Monday that the department will commit $884 million, that's almost a billion, to buy supplies of the two ingredients for the potential H1N1 virus. So from... Uh, Sanofi Aventus and AstraZeneca, along with GlaxoSmithKline and Novartis, the government earmarked $1 billion to be spent on vaccine development. The bulk of the additional contracts announced Monday went to Novartis with a contract worth $690 million. Sanofi's contract worth about $61.4 million. I guess they didn't blow somebody. Glaxo's 71.4 and AstraZeneca's 61. So antigen is the active ingredient in the vaccine, but they bought all this adjuvant stuff from, uh, from Novartis. So they spent, they, they didn't buy the vaccine, they bought the hamburger helper part, a huge amount of it. So somebody sent me a note about Sibelia saying that she's in the Builder Burgers. <laughs> Gee, why does that not surprise me? Hey, well, let's, let's I find it hard to believe, to be honest about it. I'd like to see some documentation for that. Do, do they have a, a guest list or a? <laughs> no, John. Funny <laughs> enough, they never publish the guest list of who's coming. No, how how interesting. Let's take a look though at how many uh, videos have been submitted for the twenty five hundred dollar prize to create a great public service announcement for the shot. And there have been ten videos submitted so far. <laughs> we should do one. Well, it's not going to get on because if you look at the comments, everyone's saying, oh, every, every funny video that's uploaded is, is getting booted out, is getting removed. So, Let's do one that's really serious. <laughs> but we have to have like some kind of, um, we have to have some, an undetectable virus in there you know something that that will get into something that gives minds. it away that we were not serious no it shouldn't it, it actually it might be something that really like some kind of nlp type thing you know something where we're or maybe we put in um subliminal messages that are flashing really quickly just had listened to yeah, subliminal messages that had them listen to the no agenda actually i just put a plug for the no agenda show at the end they'll never go there to find out what that's all about they'll cut that out They'll cut it out. Let's 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 just listen to one of these fine fine PSAs. Oh, yeah, give us a little snack. 
Okay, let's not listen to that. It's all no, kids. It's, it's all, all kids. Like, it's, it's, were, they, were they all in a bucket? What is the deal? Yeah, it's all like 10-year-old kids, and it's all like showing you how to sneeze and wash your hands. I think we should have a... Uh, well, listen, have a cr- I, have, I have studio time today. You want to come by the office and we'll do something today? John? Good. We need it. Weeping over the death of one of her kids because of swine flu, and don't let this happen to you. And the worst thing can happen, you know. And then show a, a then pan back and and then show an entire scene of desolation. The entire country is dead. No, that'll never make it on. It's got to be really, really lame. It's got to be really, really <laughs> low key. So, I'm showing the, the entire country dead. I mean, they want to sell swine. <laughs> no, swine you're missing shot. the point. That's not what they want. They want like little kids going, wash your hands, take the shot. We should actually get Jeff Smith to do a song, and we could make a video to it. Now wash your talking. hands, take a shot. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. But I will say, John, you, my friend, are in really, really good shape. I'm going to Skype you this picture right now. It's important that you take a look at this. Hold on, because you are completely, you are not going to die. Here it comes. Could you just grab that, uh, that JPEG I'm sending yeah, you? Yeah, that'll do wonders for the bandwidth. Here we go. No, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So this is from uh, CNN. It's Wolf Blitzer in the Situation Room. I'll wait until you've downloaded it. And a, on the screen behind him, the huge screen, <laughs> I just, I'm trying to time me reading this for you getting it, otherwise the payoff just won't be quite as good because you are safe, my friend. <laughs> I'll wait until you get it. You know, it seems as though, see, can you hear me? Do, do I sound good? Do, do no, you, sound no good? of course not. You sound like you're downloading a JPEG. Tell me when to open it. Okay, open it up. Swine flu can ravage the lungs, spreads oh. through respiratory systems, causes lesions, doesn't stay in the head like seasonal flu. And here it is, John, proof that you will be safe. Survivors of the 1918 flu are immune. <laughs> you are going to live, my friend. How can they even put this graphic up? Survivors of the 1918 flu, which, by the way, was called the Spanish flu, are immune. Now, doesn't that tell you something you know, interesting, just, though? It tells you that these people are insane. Maybe that's the joke of that, of that slide. You're going to post that, I hope, on the... Uh, actually, let's make this the, uh, the artwork for the show. Done. Consider it done. Although, people did send us some really good ones, some really good Oh, unless you... Uh, well, can we use the really good ones next week or Sunday? Oh, I'm sure. Well, the one I like is the one of the beware of swine flu, and there's a pig on the beach, and you have the president's faces buried underneath the sand with, uh, with masks on. Now, we'll use this one. I, I, I like the... Uh, I like the Wolf Blitzer one. It's kind of funny. So I just got somebody sent me a link to the uh, Bilderberger participants. Yes. Oh, do tell. And, well, I don't see her on there, but there's an interesting number of presidents. Bill Clinton, Gerald Ford, um, George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, the Queen of the Netherlands. Of course, Enoch Powell. It was her, uh, her dad. Tony Blair, Gordon Brown, Edward Heath, Margaret Thatcher. This is just a drinking club. Yeah. No, they don't, they don't discuss uh, killing us at all during the Bilderberg meetings. Just remember, if you see the Bilderbergers... Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. All right, John, let's uh, wrap this up with uh, a plea. Well, we... With our begging for money. Yeah. We have uh, 
we're you know kind of hanging in there. We could use some more uh, people uh, sending the fifteen hundred dollars, and maybe a night, another night would be good. Um, we do bring you, I think, kind of a, a take on things and, and information, although uh, sometimes it seems a little off the wall. We have been ahead of the news so often, yeah. consistently. It's almost kind of scaring me. <laughs> and which makes me, I'm wondering, you know, if there's somebody feeding us stuff that they shouldn't be feeding us, or they're going to say, here, let these guys have it first, and then we'll actually do it. Uh, but anyway, I, <laughs> we'll give I, them some credibility. Cool. <laughs> thank people who have helped us out because I know we have a lot of listeners that uh, that can't because of the economic situation, because I get a lot of apology email. I wish I could give you money, but I don't have a job. Yeah, and by, and by the way, if you don't have a job and you can't give us money, totally understood. That's okay. Just uh, tell a friend, get someone to listen to it at work, uh, spread the news. Right, and uh, or and you don't, you know, if somebody sent me an email saying, "Well, you know, you're you just the 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 show seems uh, kind of light." Wait, because of the cornball opening, which I think the opening's fine. We're not changing it, but uh, you know, so I have to force people to listen to more than the opening. And, well, but then they like the show, and I'm thinking, well, just want you make a copy of the show and take the opening take out the and opening give it to your off. friend. And by the way, you're free to copy this program, post it on your blog, burn it to CDs, transcribe it, send it to Oprah, anything you want. It's uh, completely yours since you're paying for it. Now, the thing you should know, we did have a couple people write in and say, well, I would like to post it on my blog, like you just said. Uh, What do I need for permission? Because I think it would be cool to have, you know, with the player on their blog. Uh, You can do that. Just do it. Take the, uh, you know, recommend uh, you you take the the link from... from Adam's site, curry.com, or just, I think we also have the, the direct link to the MP3 file on uh, the Squarespace, Squarespace site, uh, noagenda.squarespace.com, yeah. which is also a place you can donate, by the way. Uh, you can just put that in a, one of the players, WordPress players, or whatever blogging software you have, and just run it, you know, and run our show notes. I mean, somebody also has to go, we run all these great links that Adam comes up with. He has actually way too many links for any normal people to actually go through in, a, in three days. I mean, it's like lots and lots of interesting links. It's better than probably any just set link list ever. Seriously, good. Uh, just take them, you know, take them and put them up and put the list. You just give us credit, you know. You don't, but if you don't want to do that, that's fine that's too. Fine. So just you just try and get people to tune into what's really happening. You might actually save someone's life. Go figure. Mickey will build a fountain for you. <laughs> just don't give her the address. <laughs> no. And uh, anyway, so uh, but we could use some uh, help. The no agenda dot uh, I'm sorry, no agenda.mevo.com is the main site, but no agenda.squarespace.com is the site. It has a donation uh, link. Uh, Dvorak.org slash na has a donation link, and you can subscribe. And by the way, we the the this, this system we're using, which is PayPal. Some people don't like. You can always mail us money, but uh, you can they do take debit cards. Somebody was shocked that their mm. debit card worked. Oh, that's so, cool. That's cool. Debit I, cards do work. So I, was, I was asked to do one thing since we're using all of uh, Mevio's infrastructure and uh, they're getting no benefit from it whatsoever. Well, they're getting numbers. Yeah, well, you know, we're using the Squarespace site, which I, th- which I think is pretty good. And I've been asked uh, to uh, extend an offer to our producers. And if you don't like this, let me know if you think it's wrong for us to do this. Uh, but we're getting no money from this. Zero, zilch, nada. But if you uh, use our code, which apparently is Agenda, when you sign up for Squarespace, you get a 12% discount on what you pay them forever. 
which is a pretty good deal. Yeah, I actually wouldn't mind soliciting or asking people on these websites. I don't think it's an issue to have, you know, maybe advertisements or links because that's not what we're talking about when we're saying we're commercial free. We're talking about being able to do a show for an hour, two or three times a week where we're not being interrupted by endless commercials. We are going to talk the whole time. And then we're going to end the show. And that's what we're talking about. So I don't see anybody really objecting to having some ads on the Squarespace site or, or the, even the Curry site or well, whoever. Well, we're actually using Squarespace, and, 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 and it's working out pretty well for us. And, uh, you know, as I said, Mevio gets absolutely nothing from this show. And it's the biggest show. It's one of the biggest shows on the network. And they can't take advantage of it. Which I think it must be galling of- to more than a few people. Yeah, well, tough titties. Tough titties. We're we're saving the world. We're working on our fountain, damn it. If we don't save the world, then there won't be any... Fountain. Squarespace. (laughs) That's right. Save Squarespace. (laughs) Anyway. All right, John. So, uh, Sunday, you in town? I'll be here, and I'll be looking at the dvork.org slash NA page. Okay. And look for us to uh, appear on the stream somewhere between 9 and 9.30... Uh, on Sunday, which seems to be the good time for uh, people to get on the stream. And uh, we'll do some more. I'm I'm sure there will be information and news to talk about. Clips. Yes, clips. Nice. Coming to you from the undisclosed loft location in the Gitmo Nation West Crackpot Command Center, I'm Adam Curry. And from Buzzkill Corner in the Pacific ocean nearby silicon valley north uh i can't do any better than that i'm john c dvorak we'll talk to you again on sunday right here on no agenda <laughs>